Greetings, peasants. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. My name is Tim. I'm your dungeon master, and I'm really excited to share this next episode with you. This is our third campaign episode, so that means if you haven't listened to one and two, this won't make any sense. So if you haven't, go back and listen to campaign episodes one and two, and also probably the introductory episode as well. Why not? I really hope you like this one. Episode two was a bit of planning, a bit of exposition, and I'm happy to say this one starts out right away with violence. It's going to be a lot of fun. A few quick words first. If you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you may have seen that we've offered to kill you. And by that I mean we've offered to name a non-player character, otherwise known as an NPC, after you if you want. Probably like an enemy goon or thug or maybe a a hapless bystander, but if you want to be a very, very minor character who gets killed almost immediately after being introduced, let us know. Drop us a line. Facebook is Knights and Nerds Podcast. Twitter is at Knights and Nerds. You can reach us by email, Knights and Nerds Podcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, knightsandnerds.com, and just leave a comment on any of our episodes and let us know. We've had a few takers already, and I'm very excited to think of something inventive. There will be a bit of a delay before we can get into it because we've pre-recorded some of these episodes because there will be a point where we, in real life, are taking a bit of a hiatus, but the episodes will continue because we've pre-recorded some of them. Also, I've noticed that we do have some reviews up, which is great. If you are liking these episodes, and I sincerely hope that you are, you can go and leave a review or a rating. If you want, and if you don't want to, that's cool too. It's up to you. Or if you want to support the podcast in a different way, you can go to thingstimwrote.com slash books. That's my website where it's about things that I wrote. Uh, I am an independent fantasy writer. I have a trilogy out, and you can go check them out. They're fairly inexpensive and also pretty good. You may also, if you listen closely, hear some ambient noise and background music that is courtesy of Tabletop Audio, which is a fantastic website. And lastly, to my fellow Dungeon Masters, you glorious bastards, I'm happy to say that there are some Dungeon Master-specific episodes coming up. I'm really excited to share those with you, Uh, so keep an eye out for those. They are coming very soon. All right, enough announcements. Let's get into the episode. Okay, so what did we do last time? Um... Elwyn told you that the uh, Maelstrom was really a trap set for uh, a teleportation that he uh, had. Oh, geez, I don't want to go through all the things. You guys remember. Yeah. He he went through a whole lot of details. Basically, all the dragons weren't killed. They've been teleported to another plane of existence where they've just been kind of waiting for their revenge. And he suspects that Agarand knows about the barrier that's constructed underneath Pharaoh's Point in the ruins underneath the city, and that he seeks to open it, ushering back all the evil dragons that were sent away, thus ending all existence. Um, He told you that the only chance to stop Agaran was to summon Kalira, or I shouldn't say summon, was to find Kalira, bring her back somehow, and that he would need to sort of build a, a new device, and that he needed your help, and you all immediately said... Sure. Are you sure that we're the best option for this? <laughs> and then you eventually said yes. Um, and he sent you to his house 
to find a, a book on interplanar teleportation that he had hidden away. You recruited some help from Perfo Parkinslap in the form of a fire breather, a juggler, and an acrobat, all with hilarious names. And on the way out of the second story window, Geladob Fabblestabble broke a window with his foot and alerted the guards who were otherwise distracted. I shouldn't say guards, they're mercenaries. Alerted the mercenaries who were otherwise distracted with Faye's uh, audience participation uh, event. So I guess we're going to start with everybody rolling some initiative. Let's get right into it, eh? Jump in. Yeah, well, we were like 30 minutes into it last time. Natural 20. Oh, shit. Can I ask one quick question? Sorry, this is backtracking a lot. It was the assumption that all the good dragons are probably no more. That was the thought. Excellent question. Yeah, so Elwyn had said that their side was severely outnumbered Mm -hmm. and that the good dragons were teleported away with them and that he's assuming after three decades that they've probably all been killed off. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Twelve. Ooh, 12 as well. Mm. And Candace, what did Faye get? Five. All right. Um. <laughs> Are we just this is... so giddy tonight? <laughs> All right. Let's get it out of our system. I'm going to have to kill one of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not in the game, right? You're... This is real life. Faye, you're doing this amazing performance, and one of the mercenaries guarding the house is currently dressed up as your mother. Yes. And you hear this shattering of glass, and he takes off, and three others, and the two, there were two of them who were charmed by you. Uh, they kind of, they're like, oh, all right, and they, they follow as well. They all go running, tearing around the other side of this house. You can tell the two guys were really reluctant to to, to leave you. Uh, has Faye ever cast Enthrall on anyone before? Probably not. Because at home she had a captive audience of people who just automatically loved her. All right, interesting. Okay, well you know the spell, and uh, and you can you roll an Arcana check? That's a four. All right, never mind. Spruce, you're first in the initiative order. You hear you're you're on the ground. Vanna is on the ground. I think Gilly would be also on the ground. He was right close to being finished descending the rope. So you hear a bunch of footsteps running towards you. What's your what's your move? You don't see anyone yet. I would like to take like a quick second to I guess consult my my uh allies here and just ask if like are we do do we want to fight or do we just want to run? Because we hear footsteps. I don't know how many If you peek around like the the corner of the of the of the of the building you think you'd probably be able to see these dudes coming. All right, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to peek around the corner and I see how many? How many guys? You see 5 of them just come they're just charging down the alley. Can I uh, I'd like to ready an action. Okay. I want to just grab my uh I still don't have my glaive. I'll grab my quarter staff. <laughs> uh just with both hands and I'm just going to wait until one of these guys comes around the corner and I want to try and Maybe I'll, I'll kind of crouch down low. I want to take him out like at the knees. I don't necessarily want to like severely injure him, but I'd like to maybe try and knock him prone. So as soon as he, as soon as one guy comes around the corner, I want to try and take out his legs. All right. Well, there are two of them that are going to be coming around the corner. So they're up, they're up next. Uh, so make your attack roll. The first guy is charging around the corner. 
and you're just you're just gonna just whack him in the shins. <laughs> that is a critical fail. Your quarterstaff flies out of your hands. God damn it! Uh, you just swing way too early, <laughs> and it goes like just bouncing off the wall and into the alley. I mean, I guess so. I'm like crouched down though, right? So I'll try Man, and whatever stance. I'll, I'll try and maybe karate chop him in the knee. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Or like grab, I mean, an unarmed strike isn't a grab, right? It's just palms and Try and grab his ankle and, and take him down. Either, whatever. Yeah. I want to try and hit him in the lower extremities and try and trip him up. He wants to punch him, him in the groin. He wants to punch <laughs> him in the groin. That's what he's trying to say. Well, I'm trying, I want to trip him up. In so, the groin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's better. That'll be a, a 24 to hit. That's going to be three damage. Okay. Just flick it. <laughs> that is going to be really jarring, though. Like... It would be. <laughs> you ready your action? <laughs> Tim's dying. <laughs> Just flick it. <laughs> So it's these these two guys who just came around the corner. It's it's their turn now. One of them has got. <laughs> Say it. Struck in the shaft <laughs> by a crouching wood elf. <laughs> um, and he's going to he's going to throw uh, a net at you. A net. A net. Who's Annette? I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> For the benefit of our listener, Matt is is very good at dad jokes. <laughs> and I hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's your armor class? Uh, 15. Oh, how about that? Roll a 15 on the dice. Plus 2, 17. You're under a net right now, sir. And the other one is going to take out a dagger and throw it. Wait, oh no, you're looking at me. Yeah. He is looking at you, kid. What's your armor class? 16. This dagger goes flipping by your head and misses Ooh. you. Ooh, right. Geladob, Fabblestabble, it's your turn. To set this scene, there's two guys in front of you. Matt is under a net. A net. And there's more people coming down the alley. I'm just going to shoot a bow at someone then. That's a 20 to hit. 7 damage. Sorry, is this the same guy that Spruce hit in the groinal region? Sure. Vanna White Helsing. Okay, so I'm going to go after the one who so rudely chucked a knife at my head. Um, And how far away from me are they? Maybe 15 feet. Yeah, already my short sword and my shield. I'm going to go after them. Fifteen. Fifteen is hit. Four damage. Wait, but sorry, I want to also use Slayer's Prey. Plus four, so... Was that eight? Okay, at this time, two other guys come around the corner, and they are carrying swords, and they have shields, and there's one guy further down who's still bringing up the rear. Uh, Matt, when you peeked your head around the corner, you can see that he's carrying this big two-handed maul. He's also dressed as a woman. Um, so these guys are going to come around the corner and 
Uh, one of them is going to go up and back up his buddy who's being attacked by Vanna White housing. What did you say your armor class was? Uh, well, now it's going to be 18 because I have my shield. Okay, so you successfully parry and block two attacks from this guy. The other one's going to grab that net and just start pulling. He's pulling you away, Spruce. Just dragging you away from the from the kerfuffle. Faye, it's your turn. Okay, so I guess uh, after getting fed up that everyone had left and not paid attention to her anymore, she then decides to go and sort of tiptoe and look into the alley to see what was going on and why they've not paid any attention to her anymore and what that's more exciting than she is. All right, well, you see that there's some violence taking place. So in Faye tradition, because it happened before, previously that day when, or the day before, when somebody started to get violent, she played her loot and they fell over and fell asleep. To her knowledge, that's what happened. So she's gonna go and play a song. And again, I guess bardic inspiration for Spruce. This man carrying the mall, dressed as a fancy high elf lady, gets to the end of the alley and that's the end of his turn. He's very slow moving because he's kind of a, a bigger dude. So that brings us back to Spruce Lee. He's currently getting dragged away from his friends. I'm I'm like completely wrapped up in this thing. I can't just like find a, an opening that I can try and climb my way out of while I'm being dragged. You can make a strength check. To see if I can just rip my way out? Yeah. All right, I'll make a strength check. So it's 10. Yeah, okay, 10 is a success. Yes. All right, all right, as a bonus action, I would like to spend one key point and use patient defense. Okay, so the guy you punched in the groin, he's going to take out a dagger. He's going to take a swing at you. But he misses because you dodge. Oh, well, target the person targeting that. This time, you will get sneak attack because he's engaged. 16. 16's good. So that's 5 damage and then 2d6 from sneak attack. So 12 damage in total. All right, as Spruce frees himself from this net, this guy takes a swing at him with a dagger and a an arrow just sails and, and hits him right in the chest and he goes down. And there's a, another guy still up. Oh yeah, I forgot his turn. So there's three guys that are in front of you now. So there's the two that are carrying swords and then the one who had previously thrown a dagger at Van and White Helsing. Well then, I guess I will use a bonus action to target the guy who threw the daggers to maybe uh, use my mage hand to like drop his dagger belt or uh, wherever he's throwing stuff from kind of just get in the way of that just to kind of screw up so when he goes to grab the dagger it's just not there or like it's in the way just to delay him from throwing stuff at us i forgot his turn but i'll get i'll get back to him vanna white housing so there's only one person in front of me now no there's two since i have my short sword out i'll use that again 16 eight yeah with eight points of damage this other guy goes down and that there's still a guy with a sword and shield in front of you, and there he's going to make a couple of attacks. And again, you block both of them. And the other one's going to... You're still dodging, Spruce? Yep. You dodge one swing from the sword, and another one's going to hit you for five points of slashing damage. Hey, are you still, like, in the alley? Yeah, just outside, singing. Okay, so still really upset that no one's paying attention to her and that she's singing. And this isn't something she's used to. I'm going to use Minor Illusion to scream in the ear of the guy who's attacking the person who's been helping me. 
There's one guy attacking Spruce, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to yell in his ear. It says I can be someone else's voice or a lion's roar or beating your drum, whatever. So I'm just going to have a scream being like, Hey, look at me! Or he has, believes I guess no one is there. So I'm assuming that will catch him off guard. Probably emphasize too. Minor illusion is one hour continuous sound. One hour of continuous screaming? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, the sound continues unabated throughout the duration, the duration which is one hour. Interesting. Okay, so this big guy wearing a wig and makeup, the guy who's, who's dressed up as a fancy high elf lady, is going to come out with his maul and he's going to go after Van White Helsing. So this guy comes lumbering towards you and he's got this big two-handed maul. And he raises it above his head and you can tell that you're... If he, if he connects with you with this, it's going to hurt very badly. But he rolled I rolled a one for his attack, so he he brings that maul oh, down on the dude right in yes. front of you. Was it substantial enough the guy's dead? Uh, no, but it's... <laughs> you can tell, you can tell like, this guy got hurt quite badly. Like, you kind of just step to the side and this maul comes down, like, right in, in his buddy's back. It's not good. All right, Spruce. There's still, I believe, one opponent, one mercenary armed with a sword and shield in front of you. I would like to disengage and then run over to where, wherever my uh, quarterstaff landed. <laughs> uh, as long as it's within 45 feet, because that's my speed. Uh, something else that you notice, Spruce, the sound of footsteps, metallic irony footsteps on stone approaching in the distance. Illadob, your turn. I'll go to the one that is attacking Spruce. Well, Spruce's Spruce moved away, so that guy's no longer engaged. Oh, well, I guess I'll go to to one who's engaged currently. Okay, so you're gonna run up next to Vanna Whitehousing. Twenty-two. I think that should get me a sneak attack against it if it's engaged. Fifteen damage. All right. So you run up to the guy who had just been clobbered by his pal, and you just you just stab him like right through the I don't know right through the spine. And then as a bonus action, I can a uh, dodge. All right, Vanna White Helsing, there's a, there's a large man dressed as a high elf lady standing in front of you. Okay, sword. Mm, Eleven. is not quite enough. And that takes us to the dude getting screamed at. What's he going to do? Um, there is an option. If the creature uses its action to examine the sound... They can determine if it's an illusion with a successful investigation check, and then it becomes faint. I think he'll do that, because he doesn't like getting screamed at. I'm assuming eight is not above your spell save DC. Oh, man. The screaming continues! <laughs> it's Faye's turn again. There's two mercenaries who are still left standing. Actually, you know, can I, I'm just going to go back for a sec. The guy who's still getting screamed at, he just decides to that he's going to book it. He just decides to run. Because uh, he's seen that a few of his friends have already gone down. He's getting screamed at by something he doesn't quite fully understand, so he's just going to get out of there. Seeing the effectiveness of screaming in someone's ear, I decide to go a little more uh, strategic, maybe, <laughs> with it. And uh, decide to make the sound of a slashing sword go from left to right over the big guy continuously. So it sounds like someone's attacking from both sides over and over and over again. It's his turn. He's very confused. He looks around so so fast that his wig just flies right off of his head. 
and thoroughly confused, he's just gonna take a swing, sort of half panicked. He's just gonna like swing and turn in a circle with this, uh, with this big hammer. He rolled another critical fail. His hammer, he just swings around, and his hammer like he, he just flies out of his hands, and he he just kind of like loses his balance and and kind of drops to his knees. And that brings us back to Spruce. You can hear these metal footsteps approaching even louder now. Yeah, I'm going to convey that to the rest of the group. Maybe just shout out that I hear these metal footsteps. Iron, very iron guardian sounding footsteps. This guy, this guy's on his, on his knees now, so he's not engaged with anyone, correct? Correct. I, all right, I'm going to say we sh- let's get out of here. Let's book it. It's time to go. Fair agrees. Gilladob's down. All right, so let's go. yeah, so I'd, I'd like to jet in the uh, preferably opposite direction of the footsteps, if right. we know a way that we can still get back to our little uh, hideout. For sure. Okay, so you guys, you guys just decide to to take advantage of this window of opportunity, and uh, and and you make haste. Uh, you can see, sort of out of the out of the corner of your eyes, a group of of three colorfully dressed people. Just cartwheeling the other way. Just <laughs> they're also they're also just kind of getting out of, out of dodge. So as uh, so you guys make it, make your way out with the book, back to the hideout. Elwyn is very happy to get his book back, and he spends you presume long hours into the night reading it. Spruce and Faye, I believe you just you don't actually sleep, right? Yeah, uh, I just have to meditate. Right. I assume the same. But otherwise, it's a long rest? Yeah. So, get your hit points back. Oh, Matt, what were you down to? Five. Oh. Ooh, ouch. So in the morning, Alwyn seems like he may have slept briefly, but he's still going through this book like a madman. And he says, uh, he says, I'm going to need some time to, to study this again and, and, and f- figure out what we're going to need for this device. And, uh, and you know, I'll... Just check back in with me maybe later today or tomorrow or something, and I'll I'll fill you in. Matt, does Spruce want to recover his glaive? Sure does. Yeah. So, now, okay, outside of our little hideout here, what's the atmosphere like? Does it feel tense? Like, perhaps as if Iron Guardians have started to act strangely? Or are most people just kind of going about their business? Well, is anybody else going with him? I wouldn't stay back at the base. I'd at least go out to the market side of town to do business. I mean, I would go if asked. <laughs> that, that sounds so... <laughs> Damn! <laughs> that sounds so grouchy. <laughs> if I have to. Sounded, mo- sounded more like you were trying to trying to get me to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably also ask someone to bring me breakfast. Because I'm very hungry. I would reply, get it your damn self. <laughs> right, okay. And 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 these two are, are accompanying you more or less? Vanna White Housing and Gilladob? Sure. All right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so you make it back to the Warriors Alliance training grounds where your quarters are. And you recover your glaive with no real incident. But you do overhear a few of the other students talking amongst themselves that Shigar Stoneskin was expected at the training grounds today, but no one's been able to find him. Who's that again? Oh my god, I recognize the name, but... Shigar Stoneskin is the leader of the Warriors Alliance. Good question. Um, 
And I guess once you leave on the way back, you do hear something. Your journey through the city takes you close to the monument to Pharaoh, the silver dragon. There's a large crowd gathered there, and you can see a lot of iron guardians and a lot of dragonborn. And you see Agarand with his sorcerer companion at his side, making a declaration that he is now the ruler of the city and that there's a bounty out for the capture of Shigar Stoneskin and of Elwyn the Weaver. And then he wields the Staff of Control and the Iron Guardians begin using a number of lengths of chains that they had affixed to the monument to tear it down. What's What about like civilians? So do we see anybody while we're out? Are they like out and about like usual or are people kind of like hiding or what's going on there? Uh, well, that sort of announcement had drawn a large crowd, but people for the most part are still going about their usual business. There's just this real undercurrent of anxiety in the city. Shigar Stoneskin is like one of the most well-known and accomplished fighters in in the entire realm, and he's suddenly, you know, wanted. Would I know anything? Like I, I'm I know Shigar Stoneskin. I've been part of the Warriors Alliance with him for a number of years. I don't know like how tight my relationship would be with him. Would I know anything about where he might hide out? No, you're kind of stumped. Like, Shigar is is basically a public fixture, uh, particularly at the at the training grounds. He likes to spend most of his time there. Uh, but uh, for him to suddenly be a no-show, um, you think that maybe he got wind of, of this, of what had happened, and maybe he decided to make himself scarce, perhaps, but you can't be sure. Uh, well, I don't know. I think it might be probably a good idea to go back to the base and just let Elwyn know. All, everything that we just saw transpire. Mm-hmm. So you guys return to your hideout. Faye, you're distressed that no one has any food with them. I use prestidigitation on a old cup of coffee to make it taste fresh and new and delicious. <laughs> All right. Sound like you said goodlicious, which I really like. <laughs> that too. <laughs> goodlicious. Goodlicious is Faye's lifestyle blog. <laughs> <laughs> Giladob, you notice that you have something in your pocket that you didn't have when you left uh, the cellar or the basement. It's a note with a wax seal on it that has a familiar, familiar to you anyways, a familiar emblem of a hand with a dagger in it. I read it in confidence. It says, we know you're looking after Elwyn. We need to talk. And it's signed, Martin, the Nimble Knaves. Thank goodness. It's been difficult to get a message out during these trying times. Uh, you, as a rogue, have some dealings with the, the Thieves' Guild, the Nimble Knaves, but you don't know who this Martin person is. I guess I would explain that there's a note that um, people that I do business with are aware of, somewhat aware of our situation. And though they're not fully aware, we might be able to get their help in some aspects. So this could be blackmail, or it could be a happy letter or a threatening letter. Okay. Elwyn is, like, nose deep in this book of his, so he is completely oblivious to everything that's happening. Well, okay, do we have clarity on what he's learned? Like, I don't, I feel like I don't know what, like, where we're at, so. Where are we in the plan? Uh, research. Good old R&D, huh? Not even at the D yet, just at the R. Damn. All right, so now that we've kind of got his attention, I'm going to explain to him that 
everything that happened, right? And how Shigar Stoneskin is also wanted. And if he can think of any reason that that might be. Elwin says, well, even though Shigar wasn't one of Kalira's closer allies until right when the war ended, Agaran does know that he's a very dangerous person to have on the loose. The only place I'm at now is just thinking that uh, if they know we have Elwin, then maybe we could get their help. You know, I don't know what that entails. And in asking for help, it always comes with another favor. So it's a risk in itself. Can try and get message back to the Thieves Guild and have them put lookouts. Uh, uh, try and gain some information. It might cost us a bit, but if we have nothing else to go on, it might be worth a try. Okay. So is the plan then to... Sorry, Tom, you said you're going to put your feelers out to some thieves I could do that, that you know yeah. of. Respond to the message that I received and try and get some intel. How do you put your feelers out? Do you go out and you, you sort of thieves cant it up out, out in the alleys? Yeah, I mean, thieves have that ability to leave messages. So I'm sure there's certain locations where we leave notes for each other, pass along information without being seen. So while you're out in the streets, you begin to see that the messages that are left for you are directions and one one direction leads to another message which is directions to another and and uh you you think that it's taking you to a specific place so i don't know if you want to go go this on your own or if you want to feel comfortable enough with the group that i'd let them know we've got nothing else to go on i mean we might as well go elwin's just nose deep in that book so let's let's go Mm-hmm. Let's say we try and follow these clues. Mm-hmm. So you guys follow Giladob's lead, looking at these expertly hidden messages uh, at various points, uh, various alleys. Like they're almost like to you, they almost look like nothing. They just like like look like random scratchings on a wall. You would have walked by and, and not given them a second look. But Giladob uh, reads them very quickly and takes you to the next one. And eventually you get to this old warehouse down by the docks. So you guys follow it down to this abandoned warehouse. And there are these two two guys who are kind of sitting outside the warehouse, not really doing much, which is like they're not drinking or really conversing. They're just kind of sitting there, tapping their feet. And then they see you approach and they both stand up and they wave you forward. I guess knowing that no docker dock worker would ever be sober, that these must be the contacts. <laughs> so we approach. They really don't say much aside from from giving you sort of curt nods. Uh, they just motion for you to follow, and then they walk around the side of the building, and there is this really oddly placed door. They they do this like a rapid series of very specific taps. And the door opens, and then they just kind of, like, motion you in. They don't walk in. As you enter, you see this narrow hallway that looks like it makes no sense for it to be where it is in relation to the actual warehouse itself. So it's, it's very confusing. But you get to, to this other door, and as the door behind you closes, the one in front of you opens. And there's sort of this antechamber of, of perhaps... A dozen or so individuals uh, just dressed very plainly. There's a few tables where they're sitting around. There's people looking over maps. Some are counting coins. And um, there's somebody standing by the door. And they say, oh, yeah, Martin said to expect you. Come this way. 
and he leads you across this antechamber to the only other door that you can see, and opens it, and walks in ahead of you, and as the four of you enter, he closes it behind you, there's two guys, there's him and one other who are now standing on either side of the door, and there is this large desk in the middle of the room, and this room is perhaps, even for Faye, very elegant. Uh, there is, hang on, I have a description written down. <clears throat> no, I don't. There is a slight man sitting behind the, the large desk. He has sort of a gentle look about him, and he's wearing this very expensive-looking cloak, and all along the one shelf are these ex exotic bottles with, with uh, various different colored liquids in them. On the other side, there is this long table of pages of parchment, and you can see that there are these quills above them, and each quill is writing something independently. And there's got to be 20 or 30 pages of just these quills that are just writing. And the man behind the desk stands up. He says, ah, welcome. Welcome, my friends. Um, I'm, I'm Martin. Martin the Cloak. Welcome to my guild. Uh, please have a seat. And there are four chairs uh, in front of the desk. Faye whistles and goes, now this is a hideout. I graciously take a seat. I I just look at him skeptically and I, I ask how he knew there would be four of us. I'm sure we're being watched. Martin says, I can see the clockwork of reasoning going inside your head, so let's just move on. Let's just move on. <laughs> Knowing things is my business. Also stealing things. Um can I offer anyone a drink? Yep. Oh, he says, excellent, excellent. Um and he, he rubs his hands together excitedly and he goes over to the wall that has all these exotic bottles on them. And he, he says, this is something I've discovered quite recently. Uh, it took me a while to steal, but I cannot get enough of it. Um, and he, he pours you each a glass of, of this very exotic tasting wine that you've never had. And it's, it's quite good. It makes you feel like just warm and fuzzy right away. Damn, I could go for some wine right now. <laughs> I understand that you are, let's just call you caretakers of Elwyn. And I also understand that there is a, a bounty. There was a bounty, and now there's a new bounty. I don't know what's going on in the keep, but I try to stay out of politics. But you have something of value, and I also have something of value in knowing that you have something of value that people are looking for. So I'd really like to come to an arrangement, an arrangement where hopefully you give me money. I mean, every, every arrangement is a possibility, but what would be the details of this? You're Gilladob, yes? That was like poetry. Every arrangement is a possibility. Oh, I'm going to write that down sometime. I'd like to know, what is it worth to you not to have Elwyn's whereabouts become more common knowledge? Faye, who has been listening for some of the conversations that have been going on, has realized that this guy who's in power being in power is a bad thing for everyone. And that Elwyn is possibly our only hope of getting this guy back out of power. And that the guy in power right now wants to bring back some bad dragons and a whole bunch of war again. And that might not be so good for the Thieves Guild. Martin scratches his chin and he nods and he looks over you to the 
two guys on the who are standing flanking the door and he says, could you could you kindly give us some privacy just for a few minutes? If there's any screaming, just come right back in. And he says, once they're gone, he says, everyone knows of Elwyn's legendary status. Uh, I just didn't want any secrets that you may have come privy to to be made privy to others. You know, I like controlling the flow of information. So I didn't want my underlings knowing things that even I don't know. Just in thieves' can't, I would like to make sure that I don't think in any part of this, uh, Giladab would be uh, hiding the information about about anything. He actually, I, I remember when I mentioned going to like get a drink when we first met him, part of that was actually to like leak information out to this. So I'm not against it in any way. I am hoping as Faye, I can persuade him to not blackmail us and ask for money, but to help us in that it would be beneficial for him as well in the long run. Roll a persuasion check, please. 23? 23. So you tell him a bit about what Elwyn told you about sort of the stakes? Yeah, what's going to be happening. And if he remembers what it was like when there was the war and there was no safety and that I believe a lot of his livelihood depends on the fact that people feel safe and that he can steal. Whereas if there's just pure chaos everywhere and the world is burning... He's not going to have money either way. And none of his nice things in Thieves Guild will make a difference. Faye probably wouldn't have come up with that on her own. I'm assuming that someone put that plain to her about why it matters to help people around her. (laughs) (laughs) He stands up and billows his cloak in a very pretentious way. He walks over to his table of moving quills. He says... I don't fully understand what's happening, as I already mentioned, but uh, as you can see, I have many operatives out in the field who are reporting what they see right now. That's all this little writing going on right here. And I tell you, a lot of it's not great. So maybe what you say is sort of true. Maybe I should be thinking less of the immediate gain. Can you <laughs> can you make a dexterity saving throw, please? Can I make a dexterity saving throw? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 14. The door to the room breaks off its hinges and flies inward, and you duck as it goes sailing over the desk, slamming into the opposite wall. And two men, who you saw in the waiting room, come charging in with the crazed look in their eyes that you have seen before. People suffering from new life. Roll initiative. Giladab's up first. So this is just our group and Martin in a room with two crazy new life druggies. Yeah, as you see in the antechamber that you walked through, there's a couple of people on the ground who are really hurt. And there's a couple of people like sort of kneeling over them. As like where these drugged up folks came from. Yeah. Kind of they've left some wounded people in their wake yeah um can i perceive anything about like their people what they're wearing what they're armed with well they're thieves they're not wearing like heavy armor so they're wearing leather armor one of them is holding a sword and one of them just has his bare hands okay i will i guess go to attack the one with their bare hands with my short sword all right short sword so 12 12 is not quite enough Mm -hmm. to connect so i use my dagger as my offhand bonus action to attack with my offhand weapon who uh 17 17 yeah your dagger you get him with that 
have four damage. And it is their turn. And this guy, after you just slash him with a dagger, and he immediately focuses on you. And he just wallops you. And this is, I don't know if you've ever been like really punched by a guy on, on this step before. But he hits you, and you go sliding back into the into the desk. And you take eight points of bludgeoning damage. The other one randomly focuses on Spruce. And a 16 hits your armor class. It's seven points of slashing damage. Is it slashing or piercing? Pick one. It takes seven of it. Martin is really alarmed and he he just, it's not his turn, but he's like, no killing, no killing. Vena. Is there any reason I should feel compelled to listen to him? Because I don't. Well, then no. <laughs> How close are the two guys together? Uh, they're pretty close. They're like 10 feet apart from each other, perhaps. And how, sorry, how far am I from them? You're very close. You're maybe oh. 15 feet at most. All right, I guess I'll use my short sword again. Which one are you going to run up, rush up against? I'll go up against the one with weapons. Okay, so the one who's currently attacking Spruce. Oh, dear Lord. Um, seven? Seven is not going to cut it. Spruce, your turn, and then Faye, you're up next. Uh, all right, well, I'm, I'm just going to, this guy that's attacking me, uh, I'm going to try and hit him with my glaive. Ten. No, sir. All right, uh, I am going to use my bonus action to try and just uh, do an unarmed strike. Seventeen. Seventeen, yeah, that's plenty good. And that'll be four damage. Woo! Really showing these guys what's what. Faye, you just narrowly avoided getting clobbered by a door. I'm on the ground? No, you're not you're not like on the ground, but you had ducked to to, to miss it. I stay ducked and crawl behind the desk. End of turn. <laughs> <laughs> no inspiration or anything. The door just flew in my head. <laughs> and crazed men came running into the room. On the other side of the room, Martin produces a a, a crossbow and begins to load it. A hand crossbow. Gilly hearing the uh, the command will cast sleep. 18 points of health. Gilladob casts sleep. And the one who had hit you and pushed you backwards is like cocking his fist to go again and then he just pitches forward and, and he's out. As a bonus action, I will use... that. This was a guy who was using his fist then? Yeah. Does a guy with a weapon actually have it out? Yeah. Can I just use my mage ham to, like, drop his pants or something? <laughs> Give Like, trying to cause him some sort of disadvantage? Sure. Make a dexterity uh, sleight of hand check. 18. Spruce, the guy fighting you, his, his pants just... <laughs> so he's the pants. Fall down. It's painfully obvious he's going commando. Uh, but he's going to... Uh, he's going to attack you again. Uh-oh. Natural 20. You're going to take 13 points of slashing damage. I've gone beyond zero hit points now. I'm yeah, at negative two. <laughs> Spruce Lee is unconscious. Son of a bitch. Vanna White Helsing. Fuck him up. 23. 23. Mm-hmm. Yes, your short sword gets past his defense. It's 10. 10 points of sword slashing damage. Uh, that one hurt him a good amount, but he's still up. Spruce, make a death saving throw. That's an eight. Uh, do temporary hit points count towards people who are unconscious? 
temporary hit points do not restore you to consciousness. Mm. Faye's not handling this violence very well. At this point, she at least knows that violence exists, but she hasn't figured out what to do in response to it yet. Okay. Whereas before, she just kind of stood there and thought they were crazed fans. I really hoped that the temporary hit point thing would help you, but that's okay. Yeah, so Faye stays hiding behind the desk in fear and unsure what to do. Martin stops loading the crossbow and just shouts again, Don't kill them! Just knock them out or, or tie them up or something! And he runs over to Spruce, and he's going to make a medicine check to try to stabilize you. Oh, that's a crit fail. I'm sorry. <laughs> no luck for Spruce. He trips on the way over like elbows you in the sternum. <laughs> Would that count as a chest compression? That might help. <laughs> uh, Gilladob. So there's just this one guy left, and he's engaged in, in, in fighting? Yeah. Okay, I will also engage with my short sword to try for a, a little sneak attack. 21. Yes, that is plenty good. 16 damage. Uh, is that lethal or non-lethal damage? <laughs> non-lethal. I will use the butt of my short sword to just bludgeon that guy in the back of the head. Vanna White Housing, as you're engaged with this crazed individual, you see this gnome do this improbably high jump and just, like, this crack of metal on bone and this dude's eyes just go sideways and he collapses in this dead heap. But he's not dead. It's an unconscious heap. Much like the one Spruce is laying in. So you're now out of combat. Martin runs over to his desk, opens a drawer, looks underneath and sees you, and he's like, oh, oh hello, that's where you went. And he, he comes back, and he's going to dose you with a healing potion, Spruce. And he asks for your help to tie these guys up quickly and to blindfold them. Can I, seeing that he's still in rough shape, am I able to do cure wounds? Yes, you can. You can cast Cure Wounds. I said do, not cast. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're able to do Cure Wounds. <laughs> well, five more. I will uh, assist in tying up the two unconscious people and also check them for whatever gear they may have. You find a couple of empty vials of new life and one unused vial of new life. You also find 20 gold pieces. Uh, a couple of the other men from the other room come in and uh, and they sort of try to place the door back where it was. And Martin, with your help, sort of props these two unconscious uh, bodies into into the chairs that you were sitting in. And he, he says, well, I feel like we were about to come to an understanding before we were very rudely interrupted. I propose this. I have a very few select rules in my guild, one of which you heard me shouting. I hope it was coherent. Uh, I do not condone lethal violence to any of my members. I feel that lethal violence will invite reprisals against my guild, which I do not want. I tell everyone to go about their business in a more civilized way. Second rule is no new life, but somebody in this guild has been supplying the rest of these unfortunates with it. And I know that it's not difficult to get new life in this city, but most most people would not disobey me. So this is quite frustrating for me. If you find out which of my guild members is behind this, I will, until the day I die and beyond, if I come back as a ghost, I still won't tell, I will keep your secret. And who knows, we may even have 
further dealings. Hopefully less confrontational than this. How does that sound? I would recommend starting questioning these two. Uh, I'm going to step out, because if they know that I'm here, they know that they won't be killed. So let's, let's put a bit of fear into them. That does it for this episode of the Knights and Nerds podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to leave a review or a rating somewhere, that would be excellent. If you want to get in touch with us, Facebook is Knights and Nerds podcast. Twitter is at Knights and Nerds. Gmail is Knights and Nerds podcast at gmail.com. And our website is knightsandnerds.com. If you want to support the podcast, like I said, you can leave a review or go to thingstimrote.com slash books to look at some books. And also a reminder to my fellow Dungeon Masters, you glorious bastards, there are some Dungeon Master-only episodes coming up soon. I'm excited to share those with you. Now let's have the outro music taken away because it's all like...